Grace, mercy, and peace unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text for our consideration today is the Gospel reading of John, um, the story of Philip and Nathaniel. You may be seated. I must confess that this sermon today was difficult to write because there's so much that can be said regarding this text. And so I really have more of a collection of notes and thoughts for you today as we contemplate the calling of Philip and Nathaniel uh, in this uh, early part of Epiphany. Because when Philip comes to Nathaniel, he says to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And this here is the testimony of Philip to Nathaniel. Philip, Nathaniel, and even uh, Andrew and Peter, they're all from the same town of Bethsaida, as we read in our text for today. And they are all given this invitation from Jesus to follow him. And they're all part of this small, tight-knit community. And so, naturally, Philip follows. He follows Christ's command to follow him, as well as Andrew and Peter. Uh, Peter was renamed Cephas, right, which means Peter. Um, and Philip immediately goes, find, goes and finds uh, Nathaniel. And Nathaniel, when he hears this, he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It's rather interesting, right? Because this isn't kind of a ridicule of Nazareth, but we know from Nathaniel that he is an avid studier of Scripture. And he knows that there is no Scripture passage that testifies that the Messiah would, or at least clearly say, that the Messiah will come from Nazareth, right? We don't hear that until Matthew gives an explanation of Jesus coming out of Egypt and returning to Nazareth with his parents. And there, Matthew records in his gospel that the Messiah would be called a Nazarene. It's a fulfillment of what was understood as Jesus, the Messiah, would be from the shoot of Jesse, be an offspring of David, and that's play on words Nazarene and Nestor in Hebrew. Something that Nathaniel, at this point, does not connect. But Nathaniel certainly is an interesting person. And this intrigue of Nathaniel, because it's interesting to see that there's more here on Nathaniel than on Philip or Peter or Andrew or any of the other disciples. But from this story of Nathaniel being brought to faith, of Jesus calling Nathaniel to follow him, we do learn a couple lessons. Nathaniel, like many of us, and maybe some of our friends, being the avid studier of Scripture that he was, he was indeed a theologian, and Jesus, in his divine perception, knew this of him. He says, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. For many of us, we may be very knowledgeable in our Scriptures and know what the Scriptures may say and what uh, they may teach. And there is no deceiving us because we are so ingrained in Scripture, knowing what it is taught, even learning it as a young child coming through confirmation, right? We may be bold in our faith, 
And there very well may be people and friends that we have, of which they are knowledgeable of the Scriptures, knowing the faith, but yet they do not testify that Jesus is the Christ. They may have all the knowledge in the world as to what the Scriptures teach about the Messiah and the Christian life, but no faith that confesses Jesus as Lord. No actions that will bring them to seek the greater things that have come with Christ and bring them through a church doors or seeking the things that matter for today and sustaining faith. And so Jesus testifies this about Nathaniel being under the fig tree as well, and the fig tree being a place of prayer and studying the scriptures. For some of us who have been theologians throughout our whole entire lives and studying the scriptures, we may not be able to put all the things together. We may not necessarily see the real things that come with Jesus, but we know all the things about Jesus. And this is honestly one of the weaknesses of Bible study, right? If there's any weakness at all about Bible study. Because what the scriptures do in Bible study is that it takes the scriptures out of their natural habitat. God speaks to you through his word and sacraments. The natural habitat for the scriptures is always in the divine service. It's here in church. Things cannot be put together until you see them at play here. And that is the benefits that we have and why we even come to the midst of the cold today with snow-covered roads. It's because here is the special place where we receive God's Word in their natural habitat. We receive God's Word in its fullness. And it's here where things begin to make sense. Because it's here and through God's word that Jesus sees us for who we really are. As he says to Nathaniel, ask Jesus, how do you know me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Jesus sees us for who we really are. He sees us as sinners in need of his mercy and love. As people who need to hear the gospel testimony that he has come into the world to save the people of Israel. After all, that is what Moses and the prophets wrote. Moses and the prophets wrote about him who was to come to save us from our sins. We very well may be proud with our knowledge of Scripture. We may be devoted with faithful prayers in the morning and in the evening and at mealtime. We may uphold all sorts of good Christian practices in our homes. But these things do not make us Christian, right? It is the faith that comes in receiving God's word and confessing that he is indeed the Christ. 
Because when Jesus calls us to repentance, he calls us to faith and to follow him. As he does with Nathaniel. When he tells Nathaniel that he saw him, Nathaniel immediately recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah. Because Jesus knows him. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. The Word of God may call us to faith. We may learn of the Word of God and hear the testimony of the gospel outside of these walls. And the seed of faith may be planted as we are brought to the waters of our baptism. But we will see greater things as we come back here again and again, as we grow in this faith daily. Hold on to your hat, folks, right? Better things are to come. See, the Word of God and its natural habitat in the divine service is where it naturally speaks to us. It's where the things come together. And it may be strange for many in seeing the Word of God in the liturgy. It may be weird for people to repeat back and forth between the pastor and the congregation. I hear it all the time in the army. But it is here in those responses where the Word of God gets imprinted upon us imprinted on our hearts and in our minds. And it's through faithfully receiving God's word, time and again, week after week, that we grow in our confession of faith as Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Certainly it may be strange for some, but as we continue to do it week after week, it really does grow on you. And when it does not happen, or when the service does not have these things, we do undoubtedly miss it. Because feelings and emotions fade, but the Word of God endures forever. Certainly in our Old Testament today, we see uh, Samuel receive the Word of God and his calling, saying, Samuel, Samuel. And Eli giving him the very words to speak. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Having words to say takes the pressure off of us. Having a message that we don't need to repackage, or we may want to repackage, but speak it faithfully, is a good thing. We don't need to worry about what we need to say. Because God has already said it. And it's also here at church that we find our own fig tree. Where we are in constant prayer and meditation on God's word. And Jesus says, truly I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He tells Nathaniel, you will see greater things than these. Nathaniel was amazed at how God knew him. 
But what really brought it home was seeing the gospel played out. Was seeing that Jesus was eventually going to go to the cross because he knew Nathaniel and knew his people. And it was there at the cross where heaven was indeed open. As the earth shook. And the testimony of all said that this is indeed the Son of God. We don't get to see a great event such as the crucifixion. But we do see with eyes of faith something just as miraculous and valuable. Because it is here that we receive the forgiveness of sins. Something that does not happen anywhere else. Only here in the church do we hear the words, you are forgiven. And know, and your sin is pardoned. Only here at church do you receive the very body and blood of your Lord. And strengthen in faith in the Lord's Supper. These things are indeed greater than anything else that we can see in this world. They keep us in faith as we constantly return to Jesus, answering his call to follow him. To answer and say back to him time and again, you are the Son of God. You are the king of Israel. As this is our testimony to the whole world. As we can be little Phillips to our neighbors and saying, come and see. Come and see the Lord of which Moses and the prophets wrote about. Because it's only here that it all makes sense. And there will be a day as we continue to see time and again being sustained in faith here that we will see heaven opened in our Lord's return and the angels of God ascending and descending with the Son of Man and the final judgment of which he comes to bring us all to our eternal home. And there we will come and see our Lord face to face who knows us for who we are as his baptized children, whom he has invited to come and follow and enter into his kingdom forevermore. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. The peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.